What can you tell us about Jolie Ale other than what we can read ourselves? Well, I, th- I think you pretty much just hit it on the head right there. I can tell you what you've read yourself. I don't, you know, I just know about those those positions and kind of what people are looking for. And it seems as if there is a high rate of turnover in these on-campus recruiting roles. But she is the new Lee Davis. She was most, most recently with the Chargers, has worked at Utah and USC, and um, graduated with a master's, an undergrad at USC, and a master's in 20, 2022. So take that, Lincoln. Take that. Um, sorry, everyone's here looking at me like I'm a crazy Ladies and gentlemen, the original board op for Sooner Softball, Austin Brissett is here, and now he's a TV superstar. Wow. What was it? Was that 16? 17. 17. He won a national championship. Didn't, didn't miss a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think, like, the answer to the question would be what, you know, just simply saying, yeah, I, I'm, I'm reading the same thing you are off the Internet. I'm willing to bet, Josh, somewhere there's going to be a, a report of how, boy, she seems to be a rock star or she's this or she's that because I haven't be met. It. But yeah, and that that'll be it. But I I appreciate the way that I appreciate the way that you put it up and you laid it out. Sooner Co. Wetzel writes, was I the only one that got distracted by the flashing lights on the wrist of the McNeese catcher? Yeah, I guess so. Now again, to be fair, I didn't watch the TV copy yet, so maybe when I go back and watch it, Sooner Co. Wetzel, it'll be the only thing that I see. But, you know, part of it is this new technology in softball is so different than what they're doing in baseball. We had our first uh, clock violation this weekend, Josh. We should have had like three or four. Oklahoma's really good. It's not, it's not going to be an issue for Oklahoma. They've, they've got it figured out. They've mastered it. They've, you know, I wasn't a big fan for the OU hitters of what, you know, I thought this could do because we're very deliberate in the box. Jada Coleman especially. But they've adjusted well. They're getting used to the new timing rules. We should have had like three or four balls called. They were very lenient. And part of the reason was they said McNeese State was having some issues with the technology. So I, I don't know if that might have been it that you saw sooner, Co. Wetzel. But unlike baseball, where, where are we still? I didn't get to watch. I was only listening to you. Are we using walkie-talkies again, Josh? Is Skip uh, voicing in the the calls? I think we are. Yes. Yeah. There's a new there's a new bit of technology they've added too. I heard Toby talking about it during yesterday's game. I'll have to double check on what it is though. The softball new technology, uh, and again. If you've been with us and you're a diehard since the start of the season, you're like, we get it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take care of some of the casuals. I'm trying to take care of some that are going to start paying more attention as the basketball season goes by. But it's one of the ways they feel like they can speed up the game is they're going to have a true pitch clock this year. And instead of a you know, coach signaling in the pitches, they now have technology where you have a, a, like a wristwatch that you wear. You can wear it on your uh, – forearm i guess too if you want and jen rocha or any pitching coach will put in the pitch and a location and that digital printout josh it says the pitch like it'll say drop 
and then it will give you a number. And that number is like drop four. And then it will be, if I, if I remember seeing it right, and Jen, if this is wrong, you can correct me, but that number will be, you know, from you know, low and in, up and in, away. You know, the, the, the numbers kind of let you know the location. So it's really cool. That is we, cool. I, I, they had one where they let us look at it during the game, and it helps you out too. And I did realize you watch, you'll see a pitch that's called, and then you watch it, and you're like, that didn't look like what it was supposed to be. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I remember Toby talking about it yesterday. I want to say it's some form of buzzer system that uh, Oklahoma baseball is able to utilize now to basically alert the patch, the the pitcher, the catcher, and middle infield. Everybody could wear it. All, all, right. All, every, all nine could wear it for OU, but I think it's just middle infield and pitcher and catcher that are operating with it now that essentially are getting the signal in for what pitch they're going to throw. The, the, the buzzer thing that you were talking about is interesting, too, because this is, this is real quick in the weeds. So to better, I guess, understand these new pitch clock rules, and you're going to have at, I almost said Marie Hines, at Love's Field this year, you're going to have the pitch clock is going to be out on the wall. Yeah. So you'll be able to see it, and it's going to be behind home plate. So the pitcher has a good view of it, too. But essentially, uh, between pitches of the same batter, there's a 20-second action clock that starts as soon as the ball is thrown back to the pitcher. I mean, as soon as it's thrown back, Josh. Now, you can, you can step off uh, and reset the action clock, or how does that work? you got to ask for time. got to ask for time. And the umpire doesn't have to give it to you. Um, you then have 10 seconds to be in the batter's box and ready for play. Any timing infraction is a strike on a batter. The pitcher has 20 seconds to start the pitch when the hands separate. So they get the ball, they got 20 seconds. I'm sorry, I was laughing at J.P. Sooner's text. Buzzer system patented by the Astros. Uh, <laughs> and the beta version was uh, with the trash can in the outfield. The, the well, baseball is Bill Gates. The, the reason you got me thinking about it is when you say the buzzer system, in week one in the opening series – because I don't know if they were trying to take it out of the hands of the home plate umpire, if they were trying different ways to enforce it. Josh, the third base umpire would be the one that was keeping the clock. And if there was a violation, then he would hit a button and it would buzz the home plate umpire. And he throws hands up, and if it's on the pitcher, it's ball. If it's on the hitter, it's a strike. So we saw it happen to a Central Arkansas pitcher this weekend. Yeah. Jada thought she had got uh, received a couple of them that would have given her a ball on a few occasions, but they never got called. It was they were being somewhat, I don't want to say lenient, but maybe a little bit caring. I'll see Austin. Proud on of you, the, man. Keep crushing it, dude. On the baseball end of the equation, for the most part, Oklahoma's got some guys th- this weekend, anyways, that really wanted to work quick, and the the action clock really wasn't much of an issue. A couple of times it might have been for Tennessee on Saturday night, and then late in the game, magically for a couple of at-bats, the action clock disappeared. <laughs> so really? I, I don't know what happened there. Um, gosh, that was that was a lot. Um, to the Kinnipemeyer Chevrolet text line, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a little basketball, or would you – or would you rather have some fun from softball? Uh, Your let, choice on the because, like I said, 
we're, we're pausing on the top five stories today because we're waiting on Coach McCoy. If he doesn't join us, we'll hit our top five stories yeah. today when we come it, back. It, it's like a uh, was it ball four review. We're just killing time, baby. We're just we're just chewing clock right here on the broadcast <laughs> right now. Let's uh, let's glass half full this thing with softball. Okay. Oh, lifesaver. Thank you, Brian. Um, Mark and Blanchard. I like Mark. He writes, Plank, thanks so much for asking Bun Lady to move yesterday. <laughs> I, was wanting to, I was wanting you to lean out and clip it off. She seemed to be nice about it. Okay. So what's the story here? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you asked. Our one camera shot, it was literally right next to me. It was, it was right next to me, Josh. Stationary camera? Stationary camera. Um, it was clicked onto the table. Now, on, f- let's see, Friday? Friday. On Friday, it would move around quite a bit because it li- it's a table. And if you like, hit the table, I just hit, I just hit this table. <laughs> Did I know. You- it, all- <laughs> it almost knocked you into another broadcasting dimension, unfortunately. I cannot wait to to change his power strip and commercial breaks. But if you would hit the table or anything just like writing, it would shake the camera. So I was being very careful, but I noticed people like, man, it's like there's a earthquake there or something. I can't watch it. It's shaking around too much. And I realized. <laughs> oh, no. That, well, because I stopped. Like I would write things in my lap and I wouldn't, you know, click. And I realized that uh, – a person that was sitting next to me that will remain nameless, Gabby, she had this nervous thing where she would, like, be shaking her leg. Like, she'd be you – know, you know how some people do that? Sure. And I, I didn't – She was bumping the table. No, it was just because it was sitting on these, like, aluminum stands that when she would shake her foot, oh, do that Oh, it would thing, move the table. It would move – it would, like, move the table because it was kind of moving the bench that it was on. <laughs> And therefore, the camera was was shaking like shaking. crazy on fr- on Friday. So we moved her inside on Saturday, got it figured out, and did the same thing on Sunday. She's awesome, not her fault. But who was who was Bun Lady on Sunday with a s ton of open seats in the grandstands? <laughs> I mean, well, but that's the best seat in the house, though. Now you're talking about. Sits right in front of me, which, again, I don't have a problem because there were ladies that sat in front of us all weekend long, and they were great. I felt terrible because I was always like, ah, There's a million down. seats, but there's none better than right. the spot directly right. in front of the camera. Right, but these they had their names on them. So it was a big deal to these people that these were their seats, and the, the seats had their names on it. They had a plaque with their name on them. So I wasn't even noticing it, to be honest. I just thought it's a lady that's sitting in front of me. She had her daughter with her. They were having fun. They were drinking hot chocolate. And all of a sudden, somebody who I've never, I don't know their number, I don't know who they are, sent me an all-caps exclamation point laden that text that said, have the bun lady move now. <laughs> and I was like, have the bun lady move now? What? What, what is They're like talking in code? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I looked and I looked at the camera shot and I realized the lady where she was sitting, like the top of her hair was just in the shot. So it was, I, I think it was like the bottom of the first inning or something. They got to us quick. 
so when we went to break, I was like, ma'am, I hate to do this, but could I ask you to slide over one seat? Your, your hair, it's getting right on our camera. And she looked at me and she turned around and she goes, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Because I didn't know what to expect, right? Like I said, their names are on their seats. <laughs> Maybe she's like, this is my seat. You can move your camera. So I was trying to think of ways that I can move the camera. Yeah. I, I'm, always in, uh, I'm always in the worst possible outcome mindset, Josh. I'm not about positivity. I'm about this person is going to make my day miserable. Yeah. So she, she moved. When her daughter came back, she looked at her weird. And it's like, what did you move for? And the mom explained the story to the daughter, and they were cracking up about it. That so. uh, sounds very kind. I've had a dip, uh, dissimilar result at, on many an occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, broadcasting uh, high school sports it hasn't always worked out that way. Um, but I, I would just, I would just say, I don't know who texted me about it, but thank you because I, I would not have noticed until later when I did the shout-outs whenever there were. Uh, at the very, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, at least 20 messages and five DMs of people that are like, that lady's bun is ruining the game. Move hair, lady. Can you please tell that bleep to move? And I'm like, guys, it's like, it, it, and it was funny because it was just enough in the shot, Josh, to where it would have been enraging if you were trying sure. to watch it. That poor woman. So she was very She was awesome about it. She was awesome. Um. Here's one from the 402, since we're on softball. Bun lady, Mark. Uh, it seems most positions are set for softball. What is your take on who will be at second base? Hodges? Torres? I think it's whoever's hitting. And I think someone will likely take control of that at they, some point. They feel good about all of them uh, from a defensive standpoint. Coach. Remember how we were talking the other day, and I told you if I say something that's DFW, dead bleeping wrong, you can always text me and I will keep you anonymous. I, I think they feel pretty good about their defense. I think if you're talking about defensive confidence in the three players battling for second, probably be Hodges 1, Q2, and Torres 3. But it's tight. I think it's going to come down to who hits. You're set. I mean, this lineup's set for now. But you got to keep hitting. If if you like, Sid Sanders, what happened? Struggled a little bit. Got the day off. Kinsey Hansen played at first. Riley Ludlam caught. Woke her up. Next game, she's the DP. Riley Ludlam's the DP. Kinsey's Hansen's at first. Or uh, catching. Sits back at first. She she hits a home run that still hasn't landed yet, right? I mean, just it that's cool to me to see that it doesn't mean you bench her for the rest. You just hey, sit her down for a little bit. But two things are happening here. Number one, Hannah Core hasn't been able to carry over her um, hot streak from the fall, and Cassidy Pickering has been really solid. So it seems for now that the outfield is set. Now I'm I'm not giving up on the, the role that Hannah Core can still play on this team. I mean, bless her heart, Josh. She's still looking for her first collegiate hit. But she's fast. She's a grinder. Appears to have a good attitude. I think she's going to factor in. But for now, your starting lineup's pretty much set. And, you know, Riley Ludlam, in, one, in a development, has made it, like, demanded that she's in the lineup. And she's hitting the ball so well. 
So that's going to be an interesting battle between her and Ella Parker and then Sid Sanders factors into that to where you have those three players that I don't think Ludlam can play first, but you could move Hanson to first if you want her to catch and have Ella DP. It's just those, those three players I think are worth keeping an eye on and the three players at second base too. But your outfield's Pickering, Boone, and, and Coleman, and I haven't quite figured out what leads to Pickering being in right or Boone being in right yet, but they, they shift them quite a bit. That's You're right, 402, good observation. And then Bad Brad writes, guys, you've got to see Lover, Stalker, Killer on Netflix. It's the next great one. Let me see. Is it a documentary? I've seen that. If it's a documentary, I might be in. I don't do the, the series. I don't do the shows. I need, I need real life. It, it is. Yeah, oh, no, okay. I, I think it is. Okay. All right. You've got my attention. You've got my attention. Let's see. I'm trying to do a little research for you here. Okay. I'm afraid to, to actually Google up lover, stalker, killer. I'm trying to find out if it's a documentary for you. Um. Disturbing love triangle turned deadly. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to ruin anything. For my, it looks like it's a doc. Uh, doc. Oh, okay. Well, if it is, I'm in. Yep, it is a doc because I see an old family picture. Anytime you see an old family picture, what does that mean, Josh? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I saw, too. All right, yep, we're good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, and then, let's see, there was one more here I wanted to get to. Basketball. Basketball. Lloyd writes... The refs are what happened to the Sooners in the second half. Coming out after halftime, seems like the refs called about 20 fouls within the first five minutes of the second half. And in the 402, one of the biggest disappointments of losing to KU, it just magnifies. McCollum has been almost non-existent in Big 12 play, has stunted his, in which has stunted Los's growth and development. Uh, Jason Ferris has checked in, by the way, on the super secret Textoso line. Josh, he says lover, stalker, killer is amazing. Okay, well, if it's got that stamp of approval, I'm in. All right, quick break. Unplug this power source. Throw it across the room. It's, has anybody brought you any new Yeah, equipment? yeah, Brian, the Brian Man's here. He's got me taken care okay, of. Okay, sweet. Okay, so quick break. We'll see if uh, – and everything – it's funny because now when everyone's here, it works fine, right? That's whenever it works fine. Uh, unfortunately for Daryl Pyle, when the city manager is on with us, that's whenever he's having to deal with everything. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. You're my guy. All right, we'll hit uh, top five stories of the day next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're at the Young Family Athletic Center. Home of Sooner fans. Uh, we'll get a little mini top five stories of the day coming up in a bit, but let's just let's remind you: three thirty today is when the ribbon cutting ceremony is going to take place. You can come out. I'm thinking about coming back out for it, Josh. I think it's a historic day for Norman. This and is a historic really, really cool. day. And historic day. Uh, they're showing some of the videos right now. They're testing everything out to make sure that it works. But um, it's it's kind of wild to time lapse to see where we were and and it's just an incredible facility. Uh, all right, so mini top five, which means we're just going to hit on a couple of things that we haven't really talked about yet. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino, I forty four exit one hundred seven. Josh, All Star Game, what are we doing? What what are we even doing right now in the NBA with the All Star Game? 
What, what was everybody so upset about with that? It sucked. <laughs> I mean, he, here's the thing. Um, imagine for a moment an entire weekend of people begging you to give effort, which is what happened here. Larry Bird came out and was like, ah, I really hope we get an all-star game where the guys go at it and blah, blah, blah. And even Adam Silver, I mean, yeah, I hope we have And then literally they just go out there and they're launching half-court shots. No one seems like they want to be there. Outside of uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who probably should have been the MVP because it's the hometown thing, dunk competition. Listen, I, I just have to accept, uh, accept something. I'm just that's, It's not geared towards me. So I have to, I have to accept that it's just not geared towards me, Josh. 211 to 186. <laughs> that's right. It's like a, a fake score. That's right. 100% correct. It was not pretty. But what, what was interesting to me, what was interesting to me was there was so much talk about LeBron's future, right? And I don't, I don't know if this is going to become a thing in every single major event we have now involving the NBA, um, but when, when Kenny Smith wasn't triggering the entire internet, whenever he was saying that, um, Sabrina Ionescu, yeah, if that, that Ionescu should have been shooting from the uh, the NBA line. Th- or the women's line, he said the NBA line. He asked LeBron James about you know who are some young players, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and KD, some young players that they feel like that they're passing the torch to. And if I'm an Oklahoma City fan, this gets me pretty excited. Now, 20 years later, what should the young guys you look forward to coming in and sign, spending some time with? Um, I would say Shea, uh, Ant-Man. You know, I feel like those are two of the guys, you know, that um, you know that can continue the torch, you know, after I'm done, after Steph, KD, you know, the guys that have just been setting the standard for so many years. But, you know, Shea and Ant- Ant-Man has the charisma. You right. know, I love sure. that. Um, JT on the other side, so he's not in my locker room because he's right. on the east, but uh, JT as well, Luca, you know, those young guys are amazing. So looking forward to just seeing those guys go out and just show the talent they're capable of. Um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. LeBron James uh, tipping the cap to SGA. And as you yeah. pointed out, what, Steph and KD did too? Yeah. Uh, when St- uh, Steph, this is according to – Brandon Rabar, uh, he said that Curry, whenever he was asked about SGA, Ant, and Luca, and when KD was asked about it, uh, he said SGA, Ant, Booker, Luca, Maxi, and Holly. So there's who apparently are. Oh, Josh, they're in a position where they want to, they're getting a little bit of love from the vets. Well, stars. I, I love that, and, uh, you know, SGA's earned it. He's a bona fide superstar in the league now, and uh, mm-hmm. he's on a team, a franchise, that looks like it's got long-term staying power. Now, yeah. pro- professional sports, right, it's fickle. It can look great, and all of a sudden it's not great anymore very quickly. But the way the trajectory appears to be for OKC is one that's going to be positive for a long, long time, and SGA is the epicenter of all of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, I don't know what to make, Josh, of the uh, this morning, uh, but it it looks like. Of the what this morning? 
of the memo. Sorry, did I did I drop out there? Is yeah, this we're, now we're, making... you're cutting in and out a little bit on us, unfortunately. Oh, I don't, I don't because... want to freak you out, but. <sighs> I'm going to throw this thing? I'm almost off the air. This is Steely's problem in 28 minutes. Um, in a memo sent to athletic directors this morning, MAC Commissioner John Steinbrecher said that reports of the CFP agreeing to a TV deal are incorrect and that college football playoff leaders have not even reviewed a draft of a deal per an email obtained by Ross Dellinger. Josh, is this just basically the Mac commissioner not realizing that he's not in the loop? Yeah. Dude, uh, you'll find out when it's done, okay? Right. Do you know when we're going to tell you about this? When the thing is done. Presidents meet tomorrow and commissioners meet Wednesday to examine the unresolved matters and the future, the future of the college football playoff revenue-sharing model. We're going to get seven and five for the first couple of years of the playoffs, right? Uh, I'm sorry, five and seven, five automatics, seven at large. And then we'll probably adjust from there, right? Yeah, I'd say that's uh, there's a good chance of that, where you've got each of the you know, power four represented, one automatic uh, non-power four represented, and then uh, seven at-larges. Maybe it stays there long-term, and maybe we just get rid of at-larges altogether. I think all of those options could be on the table because, look, the, the SEC champion, the Big Ten champion, they're getting in. There's no doubt about that. So the SEC and Big Ten, the two power brokers, they're not worried about uh, their uh, conference champion getting in. So if that's the case, then maybe we do get to a point at some uh, some stage down the down, down the line where it's just top twelve get in. Um, give me your recap from the weekend in Arlington. Josh was on the call for the OU Tennessee game. Great big, great big. What am I? Great win, great big, big moment, large dub. Big. For, for OU against Tennessee, then they followed it up with a solid comeback against Nebraska. Uh, two biggest takeaways. What, what really caught your eye? Massive finish to the weekend for Oklahoma, number one, to beat Tennessee, who a lot of people have as team that might be headed back to Omaha. Gigantic mm-hmm. just in and of itself. The rally versus Nebraska. So big picture coming away 2-1 and one from the, the opening weekend was a, a fantastic start for Oklahoma. And then the pitching, the, the arms for OU, the amount of strikeouts that they had from Davis uh, day one. Uh, Malachi Witherspoon early looked uh, – he, he looks strong and potentially overpowering in uh, in day one out of the bullpen before, you know, walks kind of became an issue for him. The wild pitches day one, that was uh, mm-hmm. costly for Oklahoma versus Oregon. But they cleaned it up. They went out and then uh, Girton. Y- you knew it from the intra squad if you were there a week ago. But for him to then go out and put on the performance early that he did versus Tennessee and then Kyson Witherspoon comes out and Lambert comes out, they've got a number of arms Plank that can really run it up there mid-90s and above that uh, I think this is a staff that has a chance to be mm-hmm. pretty special, and they showcase that in the opening weekend. Softball won all five this weekend, improved their winning streak to 62 in a row. Two big stories in the circle. Uh, statement for Kirsten Deal, who went out and struck out 10 in getting her first win of the season as the Sooners, I think it was the Lamar, Lamar game. She run-ruled Lamar. That was the early game on Saturday, and the elements sucked. So proud of her. Kudos to her on that. And then S.J. Guerin pitched just two-thirds of an inning on Saturday, then came back on Sunday, pitched two and two-thirds, got the win. Uh, she hasn't given up a base runner yet. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how that plays out. It, it, 
it, it's still doing it. It was still doing it while you were doing that. So just so you know, it, it's very it, – so right now it's good. Yeah, right now I'm happy. But, Josh, overall, for the most part, it was a – it was a hot and cold weekend for the Sooners. And I don't just mean weather-wise. It was exciting because it seemed like the bats were cooking so well on Friday. They got pushed on Saturday. But to me, the big story is still in the circle. They're, they're pitching so well. Uh, and then real quick, before a Coach joins us, grab a break – SMU, according to Matt Zinitz, SMU is expected to hire J.R. Sandlin as an assistant AD and general manager. That's according to Fantastic. 24-7 Sports. Uh, good for him. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty high elevation as an assistant AD and a GM. Really, really solid dude. Did, did a nice job. But like I said, these positions, like Drew Hill is the anomaly. What Drew Hill has done in the, in the longevity he's had at Oklahoma, he's kind of the anomaly. Uh, it seems like these positions like turn over quite a bit. So I, I'm happy for Jr. He did a great job here, and can't wait to see what the future looks like for him. And it's a great opportunity for someone to slide in and take over in what I would assume might end up being kind of a GM type role for Oklahoma football as well. All right, quick break. Josh, got your boy coming on next right here on the Ref. All right, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk about the Young Family Athletic Center. Cal McCoy is the head coach at Norman North. Baller. So someone said the YFAC earlier. I don't know if I'm down with that because I'm afraid of what might slip out. Do you have a – you just call the Young Family Athletic Center? You got a nickname for it yet? <laughs> no, I, I, I just YFAC it up. <laughs> YFAC for me. All right, okay, okay. I think I can get down with that, man. Take me uh, – we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier with Daryl Pyle and uh, obviously with uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor Heikela. How exciting is this day for you? What, what, what has this been like for you to have the official – Ribbon cutting, uh, you've seen the growth, you've seen the building of it, you know it's going to be a reality, but to have this day, what, what does it mean to you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's amazing for this community, um, you know, gr- growing up here and, 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 and being such a big part of basketball and sports f- for most of my life here. You know, I, it, having this facility here now is, is just awesome for these kids that are coming up, and um, we've been able to do some leagues in here and, and some tournaments in here, and, and you just, you know, everybody that's in in Norman or around this surrounding area is just so thankful for this facility and um, for the quality of the facility and a lot of the, the, the features that the facility has. Um, it just makes it so, so special for, for us to have here because we, we've never really had anything like this here. And so, um, you know, a lot of excitement um, and, 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 and noise about this facility right now. Will you – how will you use this – I mean, will you be able to use it for your guys for Norman North? I mean, what, what what's kind of the way that you envision this being used at least for Norman and Norman North? Yeah, uh, I mean, for for the city of Norman, it, it's it's definitely going to be um, available for our schools. We we cool. have a partnership with Norman Public Schools, and so um, with with the current state of of the high schools, you know, both schools only have two gyms, and a lot of times those gyms are being used and and by by the in season sports, and so. Um, this gives us the ability to, you know, have a space to go to if, if, if there's, you know, some conflicts with the gym at the school and, and gives us all, all, all more space. I remember when I was in high school um, at Norman High and uh, in, in the spring we would have to, we, we would go over to the hangar to practice um, in the <laughs> spring because the, the courts were used by, I want to say maybe volleyball at the time. And so, um, you know, it, it, it definitely gives everybody the ability to have some space and, and gives options for our, our, our school sports to um, – to continue, you know, to, to work in, in a good environment um, throughout their season and off season. Coach, I, I'm I'm curious 
to see a Norman North alum, and I know you were you were a Norman Tiger right now. Yes. Now you're coaching Norman North. But to see Trey give back to the community like this, to see our community have the kind of forward-thinking mindset to say, okay, let's let's put tax measures in play that can make this a reality. How cool is that to see everything come to come together like it has? Yeah, no, I mean, as, as, a, as a player, you know, and this is always the dream. You know, the dream mm. is always to be able to go to the league and be able to provide for your family and give back to your community, right? And so uh, for Trey to be able to do that and to be able to see Trey – and his family do that is just awesome. You know, I, I was able to be around Trey a lot and, and work with him some as he grew up, but I also was, you know, around Rayford when, when, when Trey was younger and got to play with Rayford a whole bunch. So uh, not very many people could probably say they got to play with both of them, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's such an awesome thing to be able to give back to your community in such a great way to where um, it's not just – giving back but it's giving back in a way that you know is, is something that is true to your heart and dear to your heart and and something that Trey's had the he's had the uh, the pleasure to be a part of but playing in a ton of facilities like this but never in Oklahoma you know what I mean he's been he's been doing that uh, around the country in different states for all of his youth career and now you know we're, we're trying to bring that to his home city here in Norman when you do your shows with Josh, have you ever had to watch him hold a plug in place so that you can hear each other whenever you talk, or is this a first? This is a first for me. I feel so – you're doing you're doing an amazing job because I can't – Josh, I can't turn and look at Coach because I'm not – I've got a – I'm not kidding, dude. i got like a crick in my neck. Your back may be right, hurting right. later on. So see, and then if I move even, even an inch, I can't turn and look at you. Uh, okay, I'll let you go on this. You – um, had a really cool route, right? You, you went the JUCO route, then you ended up playing at Weber State. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying magically you would have been right at Weber State or you know at a basketball powerhouse like the alma mater, University of Tulsa. How much of a difference can it make for some of these guys with these tournaments that we'll be able to bring through here, right? Some of yeah. the uh, AAU events, some of the, I don't, I just college prep events, youth events. How much can that help these guys find a home and and get paid to play basketball? Yeah, no, I mean, there's, it's been pretty rare that uh, that there have been live periods held here in Oklahoma. Well, well there's been events, but where, mm-hmm. where you've got attendance of lots of college coaches and, um, and you know, some programs here locally don't have the abilities to travel, you know, to a, to a bigger venue where college coaches will be a little more present. And so, you know, this facility and, and some of the events that we have coming in are going to allow us to have some of those uh, national level events in this facility where we have teams coming from out of state to where, you know, some of those teams will bring some crowds of, of coaches from, from around the country, but also, you know, the, the events that we'll bring in, will bring some, some, some coaches from around the country. And, and that'll, that'll give our guys here in, in town that may not be on teams that are fortunate enough to travel around the country to, to play here locally and in, in front of a national crowd and in front of some coaches from around the country. And, and hopefully that, that, you know, enables them to get some opportunities to move on to the next level. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that we haven't had here. And I think it's going to be super, super helpful for our youth. I roll the ball out right now. You still able to throw down? You still able to dunk? Absolutely not. I wouldn't even <laughs> think about it. I wouldn't think about it. These, knee, these knees are, are old and worn down. So I, I, I could shoot it. I could shoot it from that three-point line, but I won't be. I won't be doing anything around that rim. Now we'll come back and put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show live from the Young Family Athletic Center and the ribbon cutting ceremony coming up today on the Ref. All right, welcome back into the Ref with Josh on Plank. 
Um, I'm really excited for the future of Norman, of this community, of this facility. Uh, today's going to be a fun day. We're spending the whole day here, so come on by. 3.30 is whenever they'll have the ribbon-cutting ceremony. You can come in and see the uh, expansive facility here, the pools, um, the the relationship with Norman Regional, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, from the, a couple of texts, Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts, primrosefuneralservice.com. Pre-plan your memorial at Primrose Funeral Service. Josh, I'm curious, was there a podcast or, I mean, was it baseball? What was the road trip soundtrack for you? The road trip soundtrack, uh, you uh, on the drive down. Ah. Sorry about that. You on the drive down. Yeah, no, the our show. And then the back on Sunday was baseball, wasn't it? I, I got up uh, pretty early. I, yeah, uh, the tail end of it, yes. My soundtrack was Eric the Actor Bits. <laughs> That's a great so, soundtrack. So I am ready to talk uh, the greatest whack packer of all time, ETA. If you guys would like to from the 402 who, off the who would final even contend? I, I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, beats, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But if you look at what ETA did, Josh, he was ahead of his time. He was charging people for a phone call and an autographed eight by ten. It was uh, my favorite. It was during the bit whenever. He said he was quitting the show, and he was never coming on again. And he called Howard with Johnny Frado, and Howard's like, see, I told you, you're on the show. You can't quit me. And Eric, Eric the actor's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's like, you're not talking to me on my show right now, are you? I really you? enjoyed uh, Derek in Texas. Oh, I think that's what I'll be listening to when I pick you up here in a bit. Uh, Broken Arrow Fat Boy, please stop talking about basketball. It's a disappointment. It's an embarrassment. I'm sick of it. It's well, it's not, it's not an embarrassment. No, it's, stop. That look, they got to find a win or two coming down the home stretch. But where they're at right now, they're they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Losing J.R. Sandlin hurts with recruiting. Writes the 402. Well, sure, but I I'd, I'd much rather have my ten assistants intact and bring in another. You know, I, I hate to use the term hired gun, but bring in another person on that front that's not and, and again that's not to minimize anything i like jr a lot I, I didn't really get to know him too well but i liked him and it seemed as if he was very much responsible for a lot of the good that was happening in that recruiting world but this seems to be by my experience these positions seem to have a fairly high turnover rate josh they seem to have a fairly high turnover rate so I'm, I'm pretty sure that plans were probably put in place to make sure that it, you know, they have a guy, they have someone that'll be ready to, to slide in. But I'm telling you right now, I am, I, I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Um, <laughs> someone was making fun of the, the the buns, the hair buns. That's pretty good. This is um, from the nine four zero. Sorry. Broken Arrow, Fat Boy, it's on basketball. Uh, double double shot here. I wish they'd introduce Billy Tubbs' players in attendance. Billy would have liked that. And those second-half fouls, of course, right in front of Bill Self. 
Shocking. Um, from the 405. I think poor shooting cost OU the KU game, but in games refed by Doug Simmons, is it Simmons or Simons? Sermons. Sermons. In, in games refed by Doug Sermons, OU's record is 1-12, just saying. Holy smokes. I think that's a T-Row. I think that's a T-Row stat. I think he dug that up a little bit. And then Jay from Medill with a question of the day. Over, under on if the ca- uh, power cord makes the top stories of the day, I'll take the under. Well, I guess it's not the power cord's fault. But you know what it's not anymore, Josh? Not our problem. It's not my problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure Steel Man's good. Uh, Steely and Thune at noon coming up next. Thanks for hanging with us on a Monday. Back in studio for a Tuesday edition of the Plank Show. You all have a great rest of the afternoon. 3.30 with a ribbon cutting, and we're celebrating all day long here at the Young Family Athletic Center right here on The Ref.